women have an incredible power to do exactly what you guys do in our own way. And it's just as strong. A lot of artists, you know, they think, you know, collaborating with a major artist is so far-fetched. They may need a big budget for it or, you know, whatever the case may be, but they don't understand that sometimes it's really just about relationship. Mission is to not only empower women that don't think that they can do it all because they've been told they can only be one thing, but also to empower all artists to, no matter what their level is, no matter what they've accomplished or what they haven't, um, to know exactly how things are done in the business. Yeah. I want to be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a milli every week. I want to be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billy every week. I want to be a billionaire. Billionaire. I want to be a billionaire. Billionaire. I want to be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billy every week. I ain't gonna be a Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas. Now today, I got a very special guest on my show, ladies and gentlemen. You're in for a treat, so take some notes. This woman is a DJ, a pop artist. She's the CEO and owner of Emerald Sounds. Ladies and gentlemen, Kendra Black. How you doing today, queen? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, thank you for coming. You know, just to be out transparent, you know, we have been rescheduling back and forth and we finally locked down the date and now she is here. I'm so excited to talk to you. You know, I find your journey really interesting because, you know, some people usually pick one lane, especially in, in music, right? You know, sometimes they want to be an artist, sometimes they want to be a DJ, or sometimes they don't know what they want to do, right? You yeah. can maintain a perfect balance with DJing, and being a pop artist. And I think that's amazing because, you know, sometimes DJs are the curators of what's hot and what's not. And, you know, we'll continue to push the music to a, a mass amount of people at one time. But you managed to, you know, it perfect both endeavors. So I want to talk about that first and foremost, you know, what, what got you into DJing? Or what did you start first? Did you start music or did you start DJing? Let's get there. So I started, um, well, actually, I started in ballet, but I was always uh, singing because that came very natural to me. But I, I initially, I thought that ballet was going to be what I was going to go with because it was harder. So uh, I was like, I'm going to go with the hardest one. That was my mentality as a kid. Um, and then eventually, I realized that my love for music was greater than my love for ballet when it came to a career. And I still dance up to this day, but... I, I really felt a calling for music, and my family was also telling me, you'd be a great singer, a great artist, you're too out of the box to be in ballet. So I kind of, you know, uh, I kind of not only went into that, but I now also incorporate my styles of dancing, which have also changed. Um, I incorporated other styles other than ballet in my music videos. But when I started in, um, in music, I was more of a uh, R&B, uh, pop, you know, very, um, very mellow, very like sensual. And then from there, I kind of gradually got into the harder stuff. And I have a theory for that uh, because I grew up with classical music and, and, you know, in that environment. So I feel like after a while, my tastes became, you know, very much the opposite. And that's when I, um, when I started getting into harder and harder stuff. Now, when I started DJing, um, it was during COVID. And it's kind of, I want to say, what um, what gave me almost like what feels like a second, a second chance, a second life in the music industry. Because up until that point, I was working with very uh, commercial people. 
great people, great people, and I love the music we did together. However, um, I'm way more of an alternative, so, you know, I, I don't really conform that well, or I can, but I always want to go further, I want to make it weirder, I want to make it more, you know, different. So when I started DJing during COVID, at one point I started singing while I was DJing, and I said to myself, huh, I could do this, and then it clicked. I was like, I'm going to be that artist that um, is a trained singer, um, but, you know, is also a DJ and combines the two in live performances. So now um, what I do is I combine my live singing with the music that I spin and I'll sing at specific moments of the set. I'll sing covers, I'll sing originals and I'll make it a whole experience. And my music has also changed thanks to DJing <laughs> and it's become a little more electronic. So that's the journey in a few words. <laughs> That's amazing, you know, and I'm, and I'm super proud of you, you know, actually taking that risk, you know, because some people, like I mentioned earlier, they just want to pick one thing and they, they're not that good at the next thing that they try when the sheet just can focus on one. But you being able to captivate DJing and being an artist and having to share that with the world to where they experience this new endeavor of yours you know what i'm saying it's it's, it's, it's pretty cool i mean i haven't seen one of your shows i just saw i mean live not in first i mean i i seen it on the video and um it was pretty cool i'm excited to see it live in person and see that full experience in person and what that's like so definitely keep me up abreast on your next shows and i'd love to be in attendance for sure but you mentioned that's something you mentioned something that stood out to me you mentioned being trained you know, and a lot of artists think it's just writing the music and then going in the studio and then uploading it and now they're <laughs> You know, and, it, and there's a lot to being professionally trained. So I want you to highlight, you know, the details and the process and, you know, the mentors and the teachings that you had to, it, it, you know, basically digest to be trained professionally to, be, to handle yourself as a professional. Mm-hmm. Well, there's been good ones, there's been bad ones, you know. Um, I went through a phase, especially, um, I'm going to say, like, in uh, 2019, which is why then when I DJed, it kind of brought something else out of me, where the people that I was going to for singing lessons were kind of pointing me in the wrong direction, some, some of them, not all of them, and they were telling me to, um, you know, sound more like those girls that you always hear on the radio that have the sound, you know? to get as close as possible to what we call the sound. Um, and see, to me, I tried, but at the same time, that really wasn't my calling because um, I always knew what my voice actually sounded like as far as like what I can do with it when nobody tells me what to do. So I kind of wanted to build on that. Um, and there's been some teachers like Justin Stoney, for example, uh, from um, New York Vocal Coaching that have really grasped that and that have helped me build in the realms of that. And I think that it's very important for artists to be able to do that because if we think about, um, I was having a conversation about Nelly Furtado, for example. Her voice is so unique. Why would you ever, as a vocal coach, tell her to sound like everybody else? You know, like Ariana Grande, like somebody else. Those people sound like them, but Nelly Furtado is supposed to sound like her. And that's what I wanted to do. And and when I kind of grew up a little more and, and realized during COVID especially that I didn't need anybody in anything, <laughs> um, not in an egotistical way, but in a self-sufficient way, then I was like, okay, let me use everything they've taught me, but my own way. Let me do the vocal exercises that all of these people have given me, but putting them together in my own way taking out the ones that I don't think are serving me, doing more of the ones that I think are, changing up the order. So I really um, 
it was quite a journey to, to form my own sounds, my own voice, because it was so different. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that, you know, because again, not too many artists, you know, seek out the teaching and it's probably due to like egotistical reasons, but nevertheless, you know, seeking out the guidance from those, you know, basically perfected what you're looking to perfect. I think it's key, you know, because they have all the information. They've been through the trial and never phases that you may go through that they can share with you so you won't make those same mistakes. So. You know, mm -hmm. I'm glad you, you took advantage of that. That's amazing. So congratulations on that. Okay. Now, um, let's see here. So I did I did want to talk to you about something because, so as you know, this is a male-dominated industry. This thing of yeah. business. You know what I'm saying? So as a female, I feel like you guys not only have to work harder to be respected, but also to not, you know, be, to be taken seriously in, in all parts of your endeavor. You know, with you... You know, not only you're a DJ, you're a pop artist, and then you're a CEO of a, of a record label. So how do you maintain, or pretty much, how do you maneuver with balancing the business side and the artist side to be taken seriously when you're presenting yourself as a professional a business? Well, attitude is key, um, especially in the things that I do, just like you said, and in the electronic dance music world. Uh, it's, it's very male-dominated, and most of the time they don't take us seriously um, because they don't think we can um, go as hard. Not as style, you know, but I mean as far as uh, um, intention and, and everything. You know, there's this vision of women being this pretty thing, and, and that's as far as they can go sometimes for some people. That's very wrong because women have an incredible power to do exactly what you guys do in our own way and it's just as strong so i guess for me i had to learn to um you know stand tall stand my ground and say what i have to say um um tell people what i need before shows not go on without um, you know being like oh yeah yeah i don't want to bother so i'm not gonna do line check i'm not gonna ask for that cable no 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 you go and you you straighten the performance up uh, as you know it's supposed to be and as far as the business side it's um it's a similar thing because you have to make sure people know what you what you're planning to do what uh your knowledge is of the business so when i try to help people with my company which helps artists as a whole um other than being a record label i really um lay it down for them because i think the industry lacks clarity in a lot of ways especially when it comes to uh, the business side and the knowledge of how to do things so my mission is to not only empower women that don't think that they can do it all because they've been told they can only be one thing but also to empower all artists to no matter what their level is no matter what they've accomplished or what they haven't um to know exactly how things are done in the business and once i transmit that knowledge to them they automatically take me seriously because i'm telling them something that they don't know yet or that they're not clear on and all of a sudden they're listening so what do I have to do to release my music? What steps do I have to take? You know, things that seem very, um, um, very, very easy, very, you know, we take them for granted, but many people don't really know those things. And then once you start telling them, they take you seriously. Well, I agree. I, I think education is key in this business. You know, I'm actually in the process. I should have read this book a long time ago, but it's called Everything There Is To Know About The Music Business by Donald Passman. It pulled out nine series yeah. nine series of that book have you have you read the latest edition 
No, but I would love to. I'm gonna write it down. Yeah, yeah it kind of it just highlights music business as a whole. You know, the language and you know what what language needs to be used to protect yourself and everything that you're looking. So, mm-hmm. so you gotta lay down the rules and you know lay down everything royalties. Um, who's gonna do what with the track? Uh, what's the process? Who's backing up the project uh, financially, um, direction-wise? You know, there's a lot of things that go into it. <laughs> right. No, you're right. And having that, that education, in, you know, in your mind is key because it don't matter if you're male or female. You know your shit. Nobody's gonna mess with you because you yeah, know what you look for. You know when yeah. when even. I, was, I get separating the real from the fake. You know what's real, what's not. You know what I'm saying? So I think knowing that is key. So so good job. And definitely have a moment, read that book. Even if you get audible, just listen to it. It's a, yeah. Definitely help you grow in that, in that music business. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, as you know, it's 90% business, 10% talent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it is what it I'm is. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> So I was reading through your bio, you know, and I saw you actually, uh, you did a song with Snoop Dogg. You know what I'm saying? That's one of my favorite artists, you know, it's 213 LBC. So how did that come about? Tell me, because I want to, a lot of artists, you know, they think, you know, collaborating with a major artist is so far-fetched. They may need a big budget for it or, you know, whatever the case may be, but they don't understand that sometimes it's really just about relationships. So can you expound on, you know, how you facilitated that relationship with Snoop Dogg that led to that? collaboration i was my connections at the time um i was deep into um pop rap r&b you know before i veered into electronic music and to answer what you said um it's really not as to be seen as a far milestone to collaborate with a major artist that was for example my first big feature because the only thing i had released before that album the edge was my first single tonight that was featuring um two collaborators and friends of mine from new york Alexander and Cody Burbage, they weren't big at the time, you know? So how does one jump from that to the Snoop Dogg thing? I could have said no, I could have said I'm not ready, or I don't know, you know, let me do some things first, let me affirm my name a little more first. No, I would say to anybody that has an opportunity like that in front of them, just take it, you know? And even if uh, if you don't feel like you have enough material out or whatever, all that is a lie because it, it takes like one thing to elevate you to the next level. It may not be where you want to be yet, but then you can build upon that, you know? And that's kind of what happened to me because when I moved to New York, I didn't really know anybody. Um, then I did the show, the recording sessions, um, which um, they didn't release. They only filmed the pilot, but it was pretty damn good. And I met a lot of uh, industry professionals, producers, um, uh, record label people, and we all started, um, you know, collaborating, exchanging contacts. And that was eye-opening for me for two reasons. Number one, because um, I, I that was the first time that I actually uh, connected with somebody from uh, from New York, which I had just moved to for music. So I learned how that's done, you know. And then number two, because I now had the people and the tools to. Um, ask for advice and see what I could do that was bigger than myself, you know? So that's kind of how it came about. Um, and then after, like, probably uh, three years later, I want to say, I collaborated with his pal, um, Spice One, on my newest project, Hustler, which you may or may not have seen. I released two videos with him. Yeah, you know, I saw that. Shout out to Spice One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Well, congratulations on that. You know what I'm saying? I think, uh, 
you know, it's, it's, it's really admirable, you know, when people actually achieve those goals to continue expounding on their endeavors, you know, when it comes to collaborating with major artists, because, you know, that's just one under the belt, but there's so many others that you just got to keep going up the ranks. And, you know, is there any other artists that you haven't collaborated with that you would like to? Yes, um, there's two. Let's do the top five. Let's do the top five. Top five. I know the list is long, so let's do okay. top five. <laughs> All right, so there's two women that have struck me in a particular way this past year. One is Sebdaliza. I hope I'm saying it right. It might be Sebdaliza. Um, and the other one is USLA. I had the chance to see them both in concert here in LA. Um, those two women are definitely, um, I would say, my top two as far as women that I would like to collaborate with. Normally, I would give you some nail male names, which I'm going to, but um, these two women absolutely blew my mind. So I was like, okay, this is the alternative, grungy, different, um, different feel, different kind of sexy that I'm kind of going for. So definitely would like to collaborate with them. Then I would say Travis Scott, for sure. Um, Kendrick Lamar. Mm. Let's see who else kind of caught me off guard with this. ASAP Rocky. Um, Good. <laughs> Believe it or not, James Blake, uh, but for something very, very alternative, you know, um, yeah. But mostly I, I really like the, you know, the you know, 21 Savage, Kendrick Lamar type vibe. And I have a lot of ideas on how to combine my uh, more like melodic vocals with that, because that's what I do when I DJ. You know, I, I pick the right things to sing on at the right moments. And it's really hard, but then my vocals are in contrast with that. And somehow that works perfectly. What's some of your DJ influences? Oh, I would say um, artists like Caspa, Effin, um, Hext, and Labs, Lab Group, so many. Um, but I would say Peekaboo, those are my biggest influences. They all go pretty hard. Um, what I like is to pair that with very, uh, with very, sometimes piano, you know, sometimes uh, mellow guitar, and I, I make a a very interesting mix where I'll make people experience the song in a different way. Another cool thing that I do when I perform is I'll either introduce the song, I'll sing, and then I'll send the song in, or I'll kind of like do the opposite where the song is going on, the mix is going on, then I cut it, and it'll be this totally different feel to it where I'm bringing my own um, version of the song to it. For example, not to take too much time, but one time I did a version of um, um, Extra Love by Future that was totally reggae, but also totally like my, you know, my style. And it's very different from what uh, the song sounds like. And I was like, okay, I want to do that. I want to show people what this sounds like. I love that, you know, and, and to your point, you know, I love when artists, they remix old songs and just do it their way. I don't know if you're a fan of the show, The Voice with Blake Schultz and yeah. John Legend and all them. So in this season, that's exactly what they've been challenging the artists to do is basically take popular songs and remix it into your own way. And one artist that, that I really like a lot, she's a female singer, singer uh, Snow Allegra. Are you familiar with Snow Allegra? No, actually. Oh, she's fired. But anyway, so you know that song, uh, Do For Love? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Do For Love. So basically she remixed it. You know that song was a, a bit smoother. It was, came out in the 70s and then she made it yeah. more like a, a ballad version of it. And it's so smooth and it's so, 
it's, it's beautiful beautiful so shout out to snow allegra do for love you should definitely check it out you kendra i, I really want you to hear that song because absolutely it, i i think you and her you got you have kind of look alike as well but hey <laughs> similar style when it comes to uh remixing popular songs and making it your own so i just wanted to add to that point but okay so no but that's cool so um also wanted to talk about going back to the business side of things you know i want to artists to know that they're they, they are a brand you know and they are able to basically build that brand and leverage it to do business partnership deals with other brands you know because i saw in your bio you did a deal with guests you know so and i i, I actually wanted to you know for you to identify you know how are you in a position to leverage your brand to do that deal with guests pr you need good pr um but also you don't necessarily need good PR you know it helps to have but also for example I met um, other people that have fashion brands including level 99 jeans um, a lot of people that have given me clothes for pictures because they liked my vibe they think uh, I look good so that's that's key right there you know and then from there you can land bigger things through PR which has to have something to build on so you know I would say for artists that are getting out there do uh, as much as you can if you want to be an influencer take pictures get friendly with people tell them that you like their clothes and uh, i'm sorry well then it's all good it's got this conversation's getting hot sitting on the so, full disclosure there's been somebody in my building that keeps pulling them so this has been going on for like a few days okay i think they fixed it it's so annoying Anyway, uh, it's, all, it's all good. You know, that reminds me of my like sixth grade years. We used to pull the fire alarm and then run. I remember one time they had this invisible ink, right? So when I pulled the fire alarm and then we ran to the class, we eventually got caught. But because he had just came in the class, right? So the principal grabbed our hands and they put that black light to it and the light, the ink shot on my fingers. So they eventually called my parents, right? But my mother, she came to the school. She had to get off work and come to the school. She made me go to the principal's office and go on the loudspeaker and apologize to the entire school for pulling the alarm. So that was the last day that I pulled the fire alarm ever. So Your mom is badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's Dominican, man. She's don't play. Speaking of that, where, where are you from? What's your national? So did you want to re-record that part or? I mean, we, we're still recording, so the recording hasn't stopped, so it's all okay. good. Got it, got it. Um, my, um, I can relate because my mother is Italian, and having an Italian mother is quite the experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, both of my parents are Italian, and my mom especially is very, you know, has pushed me to reach my potential to the max. And she did it well because it's not like she was like the typical parent that pushes you in the direction they want to. She literally looked at me one day and she was like, what do you want to do? Okay, so let's do it, whatever it is. Okay, you want to move from ballet to music? All right, cool, do it, you know, do it well. Um, she was, I mean, she was the mom that used to push my legs to the floor when I was stretching at home to become more flexible, for example. Um, and one story that kind of um, tells you the relationship with my mother, especially in regards to my endeavors, is um, I, I was like the kid that wasn't, naturally um gifted for stretching and like my something you know there's kids that are like woo, all bendy 
and I was there like Ugh. so I know I must have been like nine or something because of my mother I became and I still am one of the most flexible people that I know you know and when people ask me and they assume that I was born that way I was like no it's all work it's all work and and that's what you need in like any business and that's what she taught me she was like you can do anything and I eventually ended up being able to uh, go to some of the most um, um, prestigious um, uh, ballet and music schools in um, in the country and in Europe as well thanks to my mom pushing me and telling me that I could literally do anything and that I didn't need to be born with anything specific to be able to make it and that was great so shout out the mom dukes <laughs> okay okay so now so going back before we were really interrupted by the alarm we were talking about brand partnership deals and you you were um, expounding on you know your partnership with guests and you were talking about how you know you don't really need pr to kind of facilitate those deals so well you know kind of pick up where you left off in regard to how can artists you know utilize or leverage their brands to do partnership deals with other brands yes so I think that another thing that is key is putting yourself out there in a way where people can reach you, first of all. So many artists don't have their stuff set up, their email, their website or whatever. And when you try to reach out to them to collaborate, because uh, there has been times in which I was like, wow, I like this person's stuff. I don't care where they are in the process. I want to reach out. I want to collab. And then it's so hard to reach them. And I was like, why did I ever... <laughs> try to do this um so no whatever wherever you are in the industry whatever level you're at whatever you think you're lacking whatever you think you don't have or you have to make it you need to have all your contact information an epk a website and that's also part of what i uh of what i uh, of what i tell people when i when i kind of help them uh, release music and as far as the collaborations and partnerships go you have to have somebody that they you have to have something i'm sorry that they want um, to promote their brand. So at that point, it's, it is about you, but it's no longer about you. It's about how you make their product look. Are you going to be able to have that persona? And it's not even just about looks, but are you going to be able to sell their product? Are you going to be able to show a side of the product that people want to buy? You know, as, as a girl, you see pretty girls wearing some clothes and you're just like, oh, wow, she looks beautiful. I need that top. It's not because of the top. It's because she is projecting an energy that's like, okay, what do I have to do to look like that? I need that top. That can be anything. What do I have to do to sound like that? I need that mic. Um, I need those headphones. So whatever it is, you have to be able to kind of interpret um, the style of clothing that you're wearing or try out and master the product that you're trying and make people want to buy it. And that's a very important thing. I feel like everybody's very self-centered at this point in time. Uh, in the industry, you know, all about them and it's all about TikTok and, and that's great. But if they can use it to collaborate with other people, then they've made it. You know, if they if they try to do it just for the sake of themselves, then it's very unlikely that they're going to be paid for those collaborations. <laughs> mm, gotcha. So they, so they basically kind of hired you as a brand ambassador in, in that regard. Was that was that how that went down? Well, quite simply, um, they uh, they knew I was playing at, um, what was it, the, the Knitting Factory in New York. So they sent me some clothes and uh, with a note that was really cute. They said, uh, we can't wait to see how these look on you. And uh, I took some pictures. And <laughs> so it was much simpler than it sounds. But of course, that's, you know, that that's the way that you get to collaborate with people. And then that's the way that you get bigger and bigger partnerships. And, and you get looked at as somebody that can do this. 
too. Do you speak any other languages? Yeah, I speak fluent Italian and French, and non-fluently I speak Spanish. Uh, now I'm fluently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same, same, same for me, and that's, that sucks because I'm Dominican. No, but you have a weak when you're quiero, but you know, sometimes that's where it's at. Un poquito, pero no bien. Yo puedo hablar por save my life. Right, right, right. You are, and, you, and so, so you're, so you're originally from New York, or you came from Italy to New York? How was that? I was born in Italy, and I only stayed there until I was 11, because by then, somehow, um, as a kid, I realized that I wanted to branch out and go abroad. I guess one major thing that happened to me when I was eight that made me change my mind was, and it sounds, you know, you're going to laugh because I said major thing, but I went to school one day and they were like, okay, come back tomorrow. Tell us what you want to do when you grow up. Boom. Oral assignment. And that's what I did. And I started talking about the United States. I want to sing. I want to dance. I want to write books. If I can, I want to be in movies. I want to live in New York. I want to live in the United States. They stopped me and they were like, thank you very much. I felt a little bit weird, but I didn't think much of it. I was eight. So then at the end of the class, I got a really bad grade. And the teacher literally shook my shoulder. She was like, you have to stop dreaming. That's never going to happen for you. You have to think about real jobs. Like, look at your classmates. They want to be vets, teachers, nurses. And I looked at her, I nodded, and a year later I was out. <laughs> I kept processing it in my mind, and I was like, no, there has to be more to this um, and that's what prompted me to get out of, of Sicily where I was born and my parents couldn't even stop me because I was so um, I was so driven that they obviously monitored my uh, movements but they set me free and I never came back I left when I was 11 it's been years and um, I lived in uh, Cannes initially Monte Carlo and then uh, the United States in Washington DC and New York and now California and pretty much to some degree, everything I said in that class when I was eight kind of came true. I'm still not done with any of it, but, you know, so really, we got to put everything into perspective, wh where we're from, what we're doing. It doesn't matter. Where we want to go is uh, where we want to go. It's possible. We're all humans on this earth. We can make it to whatever level, you know? <laughs> exactly. That's beautiful. So what's next for you? You got any new projects, new shows coming out? Let the people know yeah. now. So I moved to LA six months ago and I've been working on this new project like a maniac. I really enjoyed not knowing absolutely any, well now I do, but um, not being connected to anybody at first and not having any path already traced for me. And the weather is very trippy. There's no winter, there's, there's the beach right there, there's palm trees everywhere. So I've probably been working on this album that is very, very different from anything I've released so far. And I'm really excited. I'm going to have the first teasers out uh, by Christmas. And then in January, I'm going to start the promotion because I'm doing some filming and some, you know, behind the scenes. I want to release it as a big project because I am coming out of a one year hiatus from social media, which I desperately needed to work on my craft. Um, so besides that, uh, I've been performing. I did a few parties in the hills that were very, very nice. Um, quite the experience because I'm mostly used to um, the New York underground raves that I did during COVID and the New York venues, but especially when it comes to electronic music, um, I'm used to the underground grimy feel where you can get like stopped at any moment because it's not even legal. Uh, <laughs> so um, playing for a certain type of people in LA was a challenge because I was like, okay, I have to make sure that you know, they think this is cool because the cool aspect is very important, I've noticed in um, in LA, at least in the 
you know, within the people that I've been um, hanging out with. So I was like, okay, let me take this as an opportunity to commercialize the alternative, grimy, different thing that I do and take it to the next level as far as that too. So that even if I go into a place that only plays house music or a place that only plays pop music or, you know, whatever, I want my music to appeal to everybody. And I think that my brain is able to branch out in so many directions at a time that I can do it. So um, I'm very excited for this project and it's going to be a, a mix of a lot of things. When is this it to come out? Uh, that's really up to me. Um, I've been producing it myself, which is a first. Normally I, I sing and I DJ and I sit right next to the producer and drive him crazy until the song is finished like six months later. <laughs> but this time I was like, I want to create the tracks. I want to create the music. I want to mix it. Um, I'm not going to master it because that's it's better when you uh, connect with people and collaborate on that. But um, I've basically been doing everything from the writing to the feel to the inspiration to the to the tracks and um yeah so i'm i'm assuming probably like my birthday march um but we'll see <laughs> beautiful well, i wish you best of luck in all your endeavors hopefully we could collaborate one day i actually rap in english and spanish so love for your Ooh. stuff and see if we can uh you know, yeah put something together you know i'll send you some i'll send you some stuff let me know what you think it will go from there but, um, but yeah, so we're uh, you sing in Spanish and then I sing from, you know, English to Italian or whatever, French. That'd be that'd be cool. I mean, I do more I do more of the rap and not the singing. But, you know, I get a little melodic at times. But, you know, I'll let you be the judge and you let me know what flavor you like. And then, you know, add some spice to it, whatever you can, you know, we'll figure it out. But OK, so um, if there's any advice you can give to up and coming artists who are looking to multi-tans in their endeavors, you know, with being an artist, being a DJ, being a producer, being a CEO, you know, what advice can you give to that type of person that's just starting out? Oh, I like this question. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, all my life, I was one of those people that was branching out in so many directions that I was told that I could only be, I should only be one thing. And that has proven to be the one thing that has slowed me down. I should have never listened to that. And I didn't, but it took me a while to process it. So for everybody out there that doesn't have a specific direction, a specific style, don't listen to anybody. But whatever you're doing, do it to the max. Like really do it. Just like my mom was telling me, what is it that you want to do? It can be anything. You want to be an astronaut? Okay, do it. Do it for real. You know, and go in your direction that you think is right. And obviously gather opinions from everybody, as many people as you can, but always take them with a grain of salt because you never know what you can start what personal direction you can go into, what, what style you can you can adopt that's yours, that people are gonna listen to and be like, oh wow, this is her. And all of a sudden, the stuff that we think is not gonna work because it's not anything specific, it's not this and it's not that, becomes its own thing. And, and that's what we are, uh, that's what we're driven to. That's, that's where the money is, so. <laughs> I love that answer, that's amazing, man. Well, I want to thank you for your time today. You know, I, I appreciate you sharing your gift with the world and presenting it on my show the way you are. And uh, yeah, let the people know where they can highlight you, where they can book you for features, or they can book you for shows. The time is now. Cool. You can find everything on my website, KendraBlack.com, and on my social media. My handles are Kendra Black Music um, and Kendra Black for social media, and I am Kendra Black. <laughs> my new social media account that I will be building with the new uh, behind the scenes with this project. Um, yeah, check out my YouTube as well. That's 
Kendra Black, um, and uh, and let me know what you think of my new project, so the Hustle project, and everything. And you can find everything on Google. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, nah, thank you so much, Kendra. I'm looking forward to working with you. Lots of music, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to put this podcast out. I may just release this over the weekend, so yeah, because it won't take any editing now. <laughs> that we. <laughs> Oh, man, but this has been another episode of Sleepers for Billionaires, the podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Make sure you get you some Sleepers for Billionaires merch. Make sure you go download Kendra Black's new album and the previous albums out there now. Make sure you book her for your next event, the DJ, and come kill it. This has been another episode of Sleepers for Billionaires, the podcast. Johnny Vegas, Kendra Black. Stay tuned for more episodes to come, and thank you for watching. God bless. Thank you, Miss Black. Appreciate you. Thanks. All right. Stop the